Hey everybody, thanks for downloading Titans Talk. On this episode, we'll talk about NFL coaching vacancies as well as kind of hit the high points of this weekend's wildcard games. Enjoy. John Landon, exciting week in the NFL. I know the games are over for now in the regular season, but I know all three of us love this time of year. This is football nerdum uh, at its at its best and at its beginning. We got coach firings on Monday. We've got eight uh, jobs that are to be filled uh, probably here pretty soon in the NFL. Guys, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I thought it would take me longer to get over it, and I wish we were still playing, but I'm okay, John. I'm not over it. I'm not really okay. <laughs> I, I, I want to still be playing in January. I'm um, kind of a little bit upset about how it all ended. Um, I've also, but I've had time to digest our loss and all of our losses in our season, and I have to move forward. Yeah. I think the reason why I'm not um, too thrilled about it is because we still have question marks and still need answered on our own team. But for me. I'm okay with it, and some years I'm not because like, we've got a young team. I think we had some extenuating circumstances. So maybe I'm just excited that the draft is in Nashville this year. I don't know. but Well, we weren't expected to win the Colts game. I mean, we were starting Gabbard, so it's not like we just blew our last game and it's all our fault. We lost at full strength, and that's why we're not in. Like, we had some- that's a really good point because I, I did not expect us to win. I thought we had a chance to win. But I, in my heart of hearts, it's not like I thought there's no way we're winning. But I thought, you know, I, I just think it's going to be uh, tough to overcome. So maybe that's why I'm feeling better about it. Maybe. Guys, let's get right into this uh, coaching carousel. Uh, there are eight job openings. All things being equal, you're an NFL head coaching candidate. Which one of these jobs would you take? Landon? I'll probably say the Browns just because they have the most young talent. And they've shown that it's not so much as – their lack of quarterback or talent that holds the team back as it was Hugh Jackson. So if you think you can come in and make the playoffs, then I mean, at the current rate with how they were with Greg Williams there, they would have made the playoffs if they had a full season. So they're right on the edge of contention. So I don't see why you would pick anyone else. Well, I I know you're more bullish on the Browns uh, than I am. I still, maybe it's just the mire of years of that negative tradition and maybe I just need to kind of wake up. And uh, I'm a – I want to see it first guy, but we saw, like you just described, we saw them make a pretty good run in the second half of the season. Big fella, which one of these jobs would you take? You know, at first I want to always say the Browns because, like, you know, as I'm assuming Landon, you know, inferring is, you know, they have the quarterback situation pretty figured out. They've got a really good young running back. They've got some good receivers. They've got a young tight end. They've got some elite talent on defense for the first time. So – Positionally, they're pretty sound. I might pick somewhere like Tampa Bay. I want to, I want to play in in the sun. I don't, I don't want any cold weather games. Um, you know, and that might just be because I'm cold right now. But uh, I think Tampa Bay would be an interesting one. Obviously, you got a lot to figure out with Jameis Winston, but you've got a really great young core of wide receivers there. Um, they usually have a pretty sound defense. Defensive line has a really good rotation this year. I think that's an interesting one, and, you know, I obviously think Green Bay, I don't think that job comes open very often, let alone with an elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, so I think that would also be an interesting one to to go to. My decision would come down to, yeah, of course, where I'd like to live would be, I'm worried about the front office coming out 
and saying, yes, we're, we're locked in on Jameis Winston. That would scare me if I'm a head coach. And I think that's going to scare off maybe a top-tier talent. But for me, unequivocally, would be on my top radar, number one quarterback. What quarterback am I inheriting? What's his potential? What has he already done? Number two, what is the tradition and what is the uh, temperature of the front office? For instance, how long, how long did they give the last coach? And so for that, I guess Green Bay is my pick. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. I think he has some left in the tank. I think there's been some maybe weird personal or some physical issues with him. If I'm a, if I'm an NFL head coaching candidate, I think either I'm the guy or I can hire the guy that can get everything worked out, find the guy that Rodgers would respect and want to work with. So for me, it's Green Bay. Yeah, historically, Green Bay usually gives their new hires a good chance and a good bit of time for them to kind of establish their own team and see if they can succeed. Exactly. They don't have a crazy owner because they don't have an owner. And there's something to be said for that. Big fella, what is the worst of these eight jobs? The worst of the jobs, I mean, the Cardinals job, that's pretty rough to me. You've got a, a really raw quarterback in Josh Rosen. I'm not really a big fan of Steve Keim, their, their GM. Um, right. You've got a lot of veteran players who are probably, you know, looking to get out in free agency and they're going to shop for, you know, they're going to go look at some other teams. And, you know, it's just, that's a tough sell for me. Now, that's a really good point, Lan. I would probably say Arizona, too, just because out of these eight teams, they're probably right near the bottom in terms of top-end talent. You've got a super raw quarterback, not many offensive playmakers, a GM who is – A whole bunch of different different um, reasons why I think it's going to be a bad job. Isn't on the cold seat. And they just fired the coach they hired a year ago after one season, so – they haven't shown that they're fine with being content and letting their coaches try and figure stuff out. They want results now, so I'd be worried if I were if I were hired by Arizona. No, that's a good one. Here's the thing. The Los Angeles Rams were the Arizona Cardinals two years ago, almost exactly. But Sean McVay's don't grow on trees, and I think they're going to try to hit that home run. We're well, going to talk about who they I, might pick a little later. But as bad as it looks, think about uh, the Rams didn't look any worse than them two years ago. I John. think they had a little bit better uh, of talent on that Rams. I think we say that now. Yeah. I think we say that now. But two years ago, Todd Gurley and uh, obviously some guys on defense. You're right. I think you might be right. But they're, this Arizona team, especially on defense, is not devoid of talent. Wouldn't you agree, Landon? Yeah. They have some defensive playmakers. Without yeah. a doubt. Which, they, yeah. yeah. Patrick Peterson, always going to be huge. Buda Baker is a, a fine young player. Don Reddick, I mean, Chandler Jones, they have players. Absolutely. But, you know, they're not – I don't picture them being anywhere near a Super Bowl window, let alone a playoff window. I think that division is going to be incredibly tough to win in. Yeah, I think you you make a good point. Maybe they are a little little worse off. But there are some things there, and we all three have been fans of the NFL long enough and we're analytical enough to know – it can look bad, and 18 months later, it can look a lot different. And uh, I don't know why, but I sort of hope that for Arizona. I sort of hope they, they, they make that turn and quickly. For me, guys, I think the challenging uh, job opening is, I mean, for me it's kind of a tie between Tampa Bay and Miami. Based on my logic of what quarterback are you inheriting, I, I just – watching Winston, he, he can look fine, but I, I do not – He's the opposite of Mariota. 
is he can fill stats, he can look good, but in the fourth quarter and in a pinch, man, I do not trust the guy. So as far as the quarterback that you're inheriting and kind of the, the front office ownership stability, I don't like either. Uh, Tannehill, I don't know if Tannehill is going to come back, and that's something we'll probably talk later in the offseason when we go around and do the, the quarterback carousel as that heats up. And for Miami, they've they fired a pretty good coach. I for me, I think Adam Gase could have they could have developed him, and I think they had too short of a leash on him. I think they played pretty well in game when they played us in the weirdest game that I can remember uh, in Week One. I like their play calling, so for me, but if I had my pick of these eight jobs, that would be the last two that I would take. Yeah, I didn't really understand the Gase firing because Tannehill is his assumed starter, and he missed Tannehill part of this year and all last year. So then he lost Tannehill when they made the playoffs. Like any team, if they lost their starting quarterback that much, would not be wouldn't be as good as if they had him. So I don't understand the logic behind firing him. Yeah, and Landon, they were right there in it until the last two or three weeks of the season with the injuries and issues that they had. So I don't understand that either. Sometimes I think non-football people make these football decisions. Gase is not Bill Belichick, but I feel like he deserved another year. I think him, him, his firing, I think there probably is a little bit more to it. Maybe he couldn't win over the locker room. Maybe he just didn't have a lot of players wanting to play for him. You know, they were, you know, they were competitive in some games, not at all in others. So I think it could be a whole bunch of different things. I, I do agree. He was given a pretty short leash and, you know, probably not given his fair shot at being an NFL head coach. So he may get, he may go somewhere else and get an opportunity. I well, John, think, you know, that's a good segue to my next question. Which one of these fired coaches is most likely uh, to be an NFL head coach week one of uh, the 2019 NFL season? Land, we'll start with you. I would probably say probably Mike McCarthy, just because he has the most outside of Marvin Lewis, he has the most experience being a head agree. coach. And he's, and even though they've had a couple of seasons that felt like letdowns, he still won a Super Bowl and they've been in contention for a long time. And that kind of track record is important when you're trying to bounce back and become another head coach. I just think just how established he is as a coach just gives him a leg up on all the other, all other seven candidates. I think as bad as they look down the stretch this year, guys, I, I tend to disagree. I think of guys like Brian Billick, who was notoriously tough to, to kind of work with. McCarthy's not that guy. But I just think it where the league is kind of trending now, as bad as they've looked offensively with as much talent as they have, uh, namely Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, I think I think he's going to have a tough time finding a job. I think he's interviewed for a lot of jobs. For me, guys, it's Adam Gase because what does the NFL want? What are they looking for now? Who's their trending offense around the league? They're they're trending towards hiring play callers and offensive minds as head coaches. Trending younger guys. Trending younger guys. To coaches. Adam Gase did wonders with Jay Cutler, and that's something. And he did a good job with uh, Peyton Manning, not just helping him in that last year in Denver when they sort of just pieced together uh, that offense for uh, for their Super Bowl run. But just to be able to have the respect enough from a guy like Peyton Manning, who vouched for him to get this job in Miami, I, I think Adam Gase is going to be hired, you know, by another one of these teams within the week. It's my prediction. Maybe I think I was going to say I think another another candidate is probably while you didn't win a playoff game, I think part of those unfair expectations were, were part of their roster. 
and I think that he will be given a shot. Well, you know, Lovey Smith got another shot, had a similar long run head coaching jobs. Obviously, Lovey <laughs> in Chicago, he immediately got another opportunity in Tampa. And I think Marvin Lewis is a bit under the radar. He'll, we'll, we'll see him coaching in the NFL this season or, or next. Is Matt LaFleur a serious candidate in Green Bay or Arizona? I guess so, because they're, it's already reported that the Packers are going to interview LaFleur, so I don't see why he wouldn't be a candidate if they're already interviewing him. So, yes. See, I, I actually disagree with that. I don't think he's, a, I don't think he's a, an actual candidate. I think they're bringing in guys to interview. They want to get some offensive minds. I just don't understand the LaFleur decision, especially after – you know, being here and putting up a sub-average offensive attack. I mean, if you were going to say anything, you can say, oh, LaFleur got it together in the second half of the season and he started drawing up zone run plays to Derrick Henry. That's not the Green Bay offense. They have Aaron Rodgers. They're going to sling that ball as, as much as they can, and they want the they want the Sean McVay offense. They want a million points. I just don't – I don't see LaFleur fitting in in Green Bay. And, I mean, you know, you have to remember, too, before this season, he was interviewing other places for head coaching jobs. He even like interviewed us. here for a head coaching job, and you know we didn't give it to him. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any validity to to him being a, a head coach in the NFL. Not, not, I'm not saying never. I'm just saying right now he's he's not ready. Clearly. Yeah, I I think Matt Lafleur is getting interviews because I really do buy that some teams interview guys they don't intend to hire so they can pick their brain offensively. I really do think that. I think that he will be a head coach uh, one day, uh, or it certainly seems like he's on that trajectory. For me, I think they're sort of uh, getting to know this guy, interviewing him. I think a lot of people think he's about to get one of these jobs. I tend to think it's 50-50 or less. I mean, there is a chance. But for me, I don't think he's quite ready. He's a young guy. And um, he's certainly not going to get a job based on his performance this year. He didn't do a terrible job or anything, but he's going to, if he gets a job in the next few days, it's going to be because of his association with Sean McVay. Guys, if you could have any of the eight fired coaches as a member of the Titans staff in 2019 and beyond, what position would they be and who would it be? I would say Adam Gase as. Offensive coordinator, if LaFleur left or regardless, just in some role, he has say in the offense to some extent. If Adam Gase was our quarterback's coach, I would I would be in NFL assistant yeah. coach. Heaven Anything involving the Because I think the guy is awesome. I absolutely think that would be a huge coup. I don't think – I think he's going to be head coach in a few days. But uh, based on the question, yeah, if I could have any of them be Gase to be quarterback's coach. Guys, is there a playoff assistant? Is there a an assistant for a playoff team that we're going to see the eight teams with openings wait on like we've seen in previous years? And if so, who, who is that assistant? I've heard rumors that Zach Taylor, the Rams quarterback coach, kind of sought after guy for a head coaching candidate. But obviously, they're in the playoffs right now, so maybe I've they known of two more. Zach Taylors. Uh, former president Zachary Taylor, and I've known of Zach Taylor, the awesome, like, Five foot seven linebacker from Texas Tech that played for the Dolphins. That's neither one of those guys, obviously. I've never heard of him. Big fella, have you heard of Zach Taylor? Yeah, no, I only heard about the linebacker. I've read, I've read about this guy in the in you know this season. Uh, Landon, what nothing do you know much, about just him? that he's a offensive assistant to McVay, and after Lafleur and McVay's success, 
teams are trying just to look at what they're doing and try and copy it to some extent. You would think Sean McVay is Bill Parcells, the way his coaching tree is like just absolutely on fire. It's incredible the, the amount of interviews and burn these guys are getting. I mean, and I know he's done a great job in LA, but wow, it's a lot. Big fella, if I gave you a thousand bucks and I said, hey, you got to put this on a Super Bowl winner, one of these, uh, one of the 12 teams, and if you had a thousand dollars in it and you, and you got whatever odds if that team won the Super Bowl, which one of these I'm 12 picking teams New Orleans. Would I think, uh, wow. you, okay. It, so that's, that's kind of the chalk pick. Uh, what, what, what's your logic there? You're not worried about some of the struggles they had down the I don't think so because, you know, they're going to get home field throughout the playoffs. So that's huge for them. Anybody going to the Dome, I mean, it, it's really hard to play there. And I just really think that when you get Drew Brees in the postseason, I think you, some magic things are going to happen. And you get a – you know, they rested a lot of their starters last week, so they all had a little bit of extra time to prepare. I think they're going to be ready to go. Well, that dome thing, if they keep playing, they will play every game in a dome. And I think that's obviously beyond their talent. I, I think that plays uh, really well for them. Landon, if I made you the same deal, 1000 bucks, you pick a winner. Which one of these? I would also go with the Saints just because out of all the playoff teams, I feel that they're the most well-balanced. I think their offense and defense aren't yeah, too I was skewed throw one way. In, yeah, I would agree. I think they're the most complete team in the playoffs. Like Kansas City – Great offense, not much of a defense. Then Chicago is kind of the opposite. New Orleans has a bit of both. Except for maybe the Dallas Cowboys, I think I could make a case for all 11 teams to win the Super Bowl. I love it this year. We don't have this, hey, we've got two injured quarterbacks that we don't know if you know how they're going to do. Obviously, we have Foles, but he won a Super Bowl uh, in a Super Bowl MVP last year. We don't have a Connor Cook or a – Oswaller, no offense to those guys. We we've got twelve intriguing, if not really good, quarterbacks. So it makes it tough for me. I think if you were to ask me uh, the same question, the Saints or the field, I'd take the field. But I think you guys are right. I think the Saints are the kind of the safest pick because of the juggernaut offenses we've seen this year. They have had a very efficient and productive. Can you make a case for Seattle to win? I don't. I don't think so. No, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's Russell Wilson and uh, Bobby Wagner and sort of uh, an emerging team. Now, do you make a strong case for them? No. This is a team that has been to two Super Bowls in a decade, and I know oh, there's a lot of turnover, but they have essentially the same staff and and Russell Wilson. Um, if Joe Flacco can get hot and win a win a Super Bowl for the Ravens, then I think Russell Wilson could do the same for Seattle. Is there – is it a high chance? Is it 10%? Yes, probably. Is it possible? Yes. If we were to sit here and pick and go through from 1 to 12, how would you rate the quarterbacks as far as who you would want playing for your team in the playoffs? Who, who's the top pick, Landon, do you think? Like, I would say Drew Brees in. just because he's much more established than almost any other quarterback in. Right now the MVP race is Mahomes versus Brees, and Mahomes is a first-year player. He's never been in the playoffs. So I'll just take the, I'll just take the more experienced guy, so Brees. Yeah, Brees has done it. Uh, he's on a good team, obviously. 
he's had an unbelievable year. Uh, obviously, those two guys I think are are one of those guys is going to be the choice of, of MVP. Uh, big fella, if you're if you're picking second, is, is it is it obviously Mahomes? I don't think so. I mean, he's a compelling pick for sure with the success he's had this year. But you guys might hate me, and you know all the Titans Nation might hate me. But I'm going to pick Tom Brady because when has Tom Brady ever really had a terrible playoff run? And tell me you wouldn't feel you know regardless of what the odds are, tell me you wouldn't feel confident if you had number twelve walking out for you in the playoffs. I think that's a really good point, big fella. I, the national narrative this week has been uh, Tom Brady has looked his age. He's looked very fallible. That team offensively doesn't have any weapons. But I'm going to sell on Tom Brady when he, when, when he finally does play in a playoff game and, and lays an egg. Because and he looks like when, has he, when we played him. Yeah, the guy's got a great record. Yeah, I mean, I think – it's a big question, and this could be the year where, where they sort of roll over because they do not have a, a great team. But I think they've earned the benefit of the doubt from, from us, and I, I, they have not been getting it uh, this week. And, uh, and of course, we'll, we're, we're going to see next week. Yep. Probably the bottom, too, just because of his limited ability as a passer and his lack of experience. Because, like, with Mahomes, they both have zero playoff starts, but – Mahomes is just on another plane as far as passing goes. And you can't – and teams prep a lot for the playoffs. So, he, Jackson can't just do the whole run 17 times a game and it'll work out. Like, do, you, do you think the Chargers, even though they got beat playing them two weeks ago, do you think that helps Los Angeles that they've seen him recently? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's only been two weeks, I think, since they played. They saw, and outside of that one big passing play to Mark Andrews, he really didn't show a ton as a passer. And obviously now, and obviously with the whole week to prep with the season line, they'll be keyed in on the run game and pretty much dare Jackson to prove that he is a, at least an average passing quarterback because he hasn't really shown that yet. So why would That's you, true, although it seems like he's play. made some small strides in the passing game over the last month. And although you make a good point about his lack of experience, I see Baltimore as a really dangerous team. Obviously, Los Angeles Chargers as well. I think the winner um, of that game uh, could, could really make a run in, in the AFC playoff picture, especially since Kansas City stru- uh, struggled. Their defense in Baltimore has played so well. And Lamar Jackson, when I read his body language, experience or not, he's absolutely fearless. Uh, he is going to have uh, no jitters. He's not going to be – the moment's not going to be too big for him. And, yeah, it could come to an end. They could be ready for him. I expect, I expect a big weekend for Lamar Jackson myself, though. I, I kind of agree with a lot of that. It's going to be so intriguing. That's what I like about it. We've got a lot of really intriguing young quarterbacks this weekend. You know, you've got Trubisky and other guys like that, and we're going to see what they're made out of early. And I, I'm, I'm really pumped. All four of these games, if you have the opportunity to take both of us to any of these games, fly us out this evening, we go, we spend all weekend in, in the city of your choice, which one of these four games would you take us to? Which one would you like to see most in person? I would most like to see the Eagles and the Bears. I think wow. it's it's a it's a historic rivalry between those two teams. Cities hate each other. The rest of the games, I feel like we've we've seen the matchups this season. We've seen them do one thing, or we know who they are. And you know, maybe it's not that exciting on paper or, or an exciting of a matchup. I mean, yeah, they're going to be great games, but I just feel like. 
the emergence of Nick Foles to get them to this playoff run is nothing short of magical. I think that would be the most interesting game. They're the biggest underdogs probably of the weekend. And I just think that would probably be the game to watch, you know? Absolutely. That That's that's going to be tough to beat. Philly, Nick Foles, that narrative, defending Super Bowl champs, yeah. basically had to win out. And then you've got a Chicago fan base. That place is going to be absolutely ecstatic. It's going to be absolutely wild. And, and uh, I mean, that's going to be all a know. It, it would be amazing to be there, cold weather or not. That would just be absolutely yeah. And we all know firsthand that Philly fans travel. So oh, there yeah. is going to be no shortage of, of fans for either team at that game. It, it, it'll be unreal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Landon, what Chicago about you? Might, Chicago might run out of beer. <laughs> I would say Philly, Chicago as well, partially because all the three other matchups already happened this season, so there's nothing really new. But then with Philly and Chicago, there's the return of Nick Foles after Carson Wentz returned, then Wentz got hurt, and now it's like a repeat of last year where he's, where he's about to take them on another, on another magical run. Versus the new monsters of Midway, led by Khalil Mack and rookie head coach Matt Nagy, and it just looks like it'll be the most exciting game as far as storylines and narrative and an actual play. From a storyline standpoint, uh, that you mentioned, what do you guys think is the single biggest storyline of this weekend? Mine is Nick Foles. I can't get enough of that. I'm gonna we're gonna talk a lot this offseason about where he's gonna end up. I, I'm just absolutely intrigued by what this guy's been able to do. It's almost unprecedented what the run he made last year. And then to basically put him on the same path this year. I just think it's not even gotten enough play for me. Well, what what storyline hits you guys hardest or that team to beat a really good Bears team tomorrow? I also agree it's Nick Foles because he's the reigning Super Bowl MVP. He gets benched for Carson Wentz. Then it's just deja vu. He has to win out for them again. And if he does that, then in back-to-back seasons, he's come off the bench, won out, and won Philly two of their, their only two Super Bowls. And he, this year, he'll, he'll have done it as a sixth seed. I'm so interested to see where he ends up, and I'm really interested to see this journey for him uh, and the Eagles could end tomorrow. And, um, you know, they could have another month of this. It's going to be really intriguing, and I wouldn't put it past him. That's it for this week. Thanks for downloading us. As always, rate and review us on iTunes. Hope you enjoy these games this weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.